0: Peace, love, and life, and peace, love, and light. Got to give, and always will. A shout out to the ancestors, the elders, listeners, likers, and subscribers. Can't show the hate, no love. As always, drink your water, eat your greens. We are here, we are alive, and we are in full effect. That was the sounds of OG. I got it. It's definitely a vibe. I was looking for a song to start this installment, and I was combing, I was getting ready to say scrolling, but I was combing through playlists on Apple Music. And, you know, I always try to find just a song that fits the mode and the vibe that I'm in to, excuse the dogs outside, must be talking that shit, and I ain't even started yet. (laughs) But when I came across her music, when I come across new music, I always try to find a song that fits the mood that I'm in in that moment. And with this song in particular, I got it, and the cover art stood out to me. The title of the song, I got it, and the cover art stood out to me, and I was drawn to it. And here we are. So I went to go find more music from her, and this was the first song that she has on Apple Music. I don't know if she got other mixtapes or other bodies of work, but this song in particular is the only single that she has on this platform. And I was like, dang, like... I gotta find her. <laughs> so definitely shout out the vibe of Queen OG. Check her out. Greetings and salutations. Hopefully the family is doing well. We're gonna hop right into it. 2022, you know what I'm saying? It's moving along. 2022 is, how can I say? I don't know how to describe it just yet. 2022 just is. And that's okay. We're only, however many days we are into this year, I think it's 31 plus 10, like a little bit over 50 days into this year. And we hopefully are getting our foots, getting, what they call it? Getting our footing and being able to distinguish and decipher so we can make proper decisions. You understand me? And it's imperative, impeccative, all that for indicative, it's whatever the word is. <laughs> whatever, whatever we need to do, we have to do. Especially at this stage of the game that we find ourselves in. If you're in your thirties, that's why we're. That's why it's called Thirty Talk. And if we're not able to distinguish or decipher, we're going to make poor decisions. Here at Thirty Talk, we're all about solutions. We're trying to provide avenues and resources for us to use when we start questioning our decision-making. The book that I'm reading, let me see if I can find the title of it, Thinking Fast and Slow, there was a term that was in that book that stood out to me. It, 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 It didn't necessarily stand out to me. It was something that I found intriguing. And once I learned a little bit more of what this term ego depletion meant, it got mixed reviews as far as how they define it, but the concept of it, the concept within itself is something that we should consider. So by definition, ego depletion happens when people use, when people use up their available willpower on one task. As a result, we sometimes are unable to exert the same level of self-control on the subsequent related or unrelated task. Subsequent just means following. It's just a fancy way of saying following. When we think of ego, we think about how we feel, how we view ourselves. In a sense, our self-esteem meter goes from high self-esteem to low self-esteem. And in the midst of that, our ego plays a role. So when we put our all into a task and we're unable to receive the desired results, we start to question ourselves. Then our ego, our pride Starts to make us feel as if we're not capable of achieving What we actually set out to achieve Our ego hurt As they say, we're bruised You know what I'm saying? Our ego bruised As they say, we're butt hurt Because it's like, damn, I did I did, I put 100% of myself into X, Y, and Z And I only got 65% in return So now that we feel as though That those situations might happen more often Than they should in our lifetime there's ways that we can combat that. Now, there's some people who think that ego depletion isn't a real thing. Others would like to think of it as, and I read, and I quote, instead, the researchers suggest that shifts in motivation, attention, and emotion plays a crucial role in ego depletion, in air quotes. And I thought that was important because maybe it's not necessarily our ego. Maybe it is our lack of motivation. Maybe it is our lack of attention to detail, all right? Maybe it is our lack of emotional stability. So there's a lot of things that go, that play, there's a lot of roles being played when we talk about ego and or pride. I feel like that those two words fall on the same spectrum, just at two different ends. When we are depleted in that, we have to think, why is that? Why do I feel as though as an individual that I'm feeling some type of way about how I addressed this situation or why do I always find myself in situations that have me questioning myself. The cause of that one is because of emotional distress, emotional distress. We don't find ourselves in environments that builds our ego, it bruises our ego, you understand? And then now we find ourselves questioning. That's because the environments we find ourselves in cause more stress. Than upliftment. Unfamiliarity. Takes more energy into trying something new. Excuse me. Unfamiliarity. Because it takes more energy to try something new. We find ourselves. Being ego. Finding finding ourselves bruising our ego. Because we're scared to try something new. It's easier to stay where we are. And it takes a lot more energy. To try something new. A lot of us as individuals have to find that, that guster, that, that third lay I mean that that extra step to push us over the finish line and not be so scared of what we don't know. And a lot of times we think ourselves out of that. We, we try to have the bulletproof plan, but we spend so much time putting the plan together that we have no energy to actually execute it. And that is called illusionary fatigue. We, we thought of the, the master plan, but we have no energy to execute it, so now we're fatigued. And then we never find ourselves actually executing it because it's like, oh, I spent so much time to make sure every detail is correct. If it doesn't go as planned, I'm gonna be so hurt. Ego depletion, you understand? And lastly, it's choice. We get in our own way. (laughs) And a lot of times what we choose to do, excuse me, what we choose to do isn't necessarily in our best benefit. We, we just want, we just want, however it comes. This is what I want. So this is what I'm gonna do to get it. And then when it doesn't turn out in the manner in which we desired it to, we find ourselves ego depleted. You understand? Questioning, second guessing. And we can't, and we can't, excuse me, cause I'm reading and talking at the same time. I can't leave us with just the causes without any solutions. Because here at 30 Talk, we're all about solutions. Once we put a name to the face as far as what we are struggling with, dealing with, trying to conquer, trying to overcome those aspects of our lives, once we describe them and put a name to them, now we can focus on solutions to try to change that. And one of the ways that we can prevent ego depletion is by improving our mood. Ways to improve mood, exercising, stretching. And not just once a week, I'm talking about really getting our bodies down and getting that blood flowing. Our mood, it becomes stagnant because the blood in our body is not circulating in the manner in which it's supposed to. You understand? Stretching and doing yoga and doing at least 30 minutes of some type of physical activity a day keeps the blood circulating. And that which in turn can improve our mood. And that's just another conversation to be had. We also have to change our outlook. Looking through the wor- looking at the world through dirty lenses gives us cloudy vision. You understand? And we can't have that. We got to change our outlook. We got to take them sunglasses off and, and feel that sun on our face and get acclimated to the real and stop playing with the fake. And lastly, we have to think about what matters. A lot of times our ego only hurts because we think about what everybody else is thinking instead of thinking about what really matters to us. And we in Melanated History Month, we need to bask in all our melaninness. <laughs> and there's a lot of things that we can, there's a lot of avenues that can be taken to help us, to help us embrace that. Our first break, we're going to be right back. I'm 100% honest, I'm a little disappointed you know, With allegations and rumors Like you niggas wanted mm-hmm. Me behind bars, not any foreign cars. I ain't on that petty shit, nigga I'm creating stars Who brought you birthday badge? Me. With your favorite stars me. Who the first nigga? Jumping out your favorite cars. North Memphis tripping ass niggas nigga. And I ain't never let them play me like you rapping ass niggas Never been no ass kiss God he a hater Or oh, I'm the last nigga on the street, under and last I wash my hands with them Nigga, I put on for this city Without a flow on my name And dealt with everything that came with it I perplex on the wall Yes, family Thinking hours Yo, Gotti I like Gotti You know, Memphis is a little You know, it's a little shaky right now But I've always liked Gotti I've always liked Dolph so I'm gonna like both. Rest in peace, you know what I'm saying? Rest in peace, Dolph. But nonetheless, CM10, Free Game. I listened to that on my way to work. I kind of put Gotti in a quick little music rant family. You know, just to, to lessen the mood before we get into some even heavier information. You know, we gotta make it entertaining as well as enlightening. I kind of always put Yo Gotti in the Rick Ross lane. Like, Ross is a bigger star, obviously, but Yo Gotti is, he's a sleeper. You feel what I'm saying? He's, he's kind of like one of those people that you got to really consider as far as bodies of work, hit songs, longevity, who he put on. Because what a lot of these artists don't understand is once you get big enough and you start putting people on and the people you put on is trash, you know, you turn into the Michael Jordan of the the corporate game. (laughs) Jordan is the best player of all time. In a lot of people's opinions, but the team, the Hornets, haven't really, you know, been on the same caliber as him. Now, as of late, they got some young talent, they looking real good, but his duration as an owner, GM, this that on his Jerry Jones shit ain't really paying out. Ain't gonna talk bad about a black man in melanated history, man. I'm just laying out the facts. So with Yo Gotti, I feel like him and Ross is in the same lane because they both had outstanding careers as individuals, and the artists that they put on is kind of money. Wale Meek Mill, you know what I'm saying, for Rick Ross. Omarion for one point and a couple other, you know, miscellaneouses here and there. But Yo Gotti put on Black Youngster, ESTG, and Moneybag Yo. And that's just right now. You feel what I'm saying? And I, I think he just signed Mozzie, who's out of California. I think like the San Diego area or something like that. And so in one of his songs he said, like I've made millionaires, you know what I'm saying? Like Jay-Z said. Jay-Z made millionaires. Dig made millions. Jane made billions. You know what I'm saying? Shit like that. So when I think of Yo Gotti outside of the street beef, he's definitely up there as individuals that I um that I look up to. <laughs> and I just had to leave that there. Just wanna remind the family that it's okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay to smile. It's okay to ask for help. We can't do it by ourselves. You understand? We got to, we have to find a way to make a way and staying out the way at the same time. <laughs> and it's indicative. That was the word. I think that I was trying to say earlier, indicative. For the second part of this installment, we got to get into this melanated history. We have to have a better understanding that melanated history is what they call American history. And I've always taken time to educate my people, to put my people on, to information that's been that's been hidden from us. It's always been available, but it's also always been hidden from us at the same time. I think they call the phrase, I think the phrase is hidden in plain sight. And we have to... Defog that we have to debunk that and we have to do a lot of things in relation to that and one is educating ourselves about melanated history so this installment that i dropped in particular i dropped it in 2018 may of 2018 and it's called higher learning if i suggest the family check it out if you want to see the growth of the 30 talk platform 2018 is when i started this is probably one of the first installments that I've done because I started in April and I dropped this one in May. So I'm revisiting revisiting this information now because we're in Melanated History Month. And I want us to kind of get a better understanding of what history actually is and how we can use it for our benefit. And not how the media and this corporation that we call America uses it to our detriment. This first part that I'm going to read is... So is my own writing because in 2018 I was really listening and reading James Baldwin, and I wanted to be a better writer. So this information that I'm reading first is something that I wrote, and let's see how I sounded then. <laughs> Education is one of the pragmatic tools used to capture minds and influence and influence generations. It's through history we learn how to use our past, which in turns shape our present. The present configures the vision of the future. Rewriting history is an attempt to create a bias by deliberately omitting histor by deliberately omitting historical facts or making outrageous claims based on gauzy evidence. Yeah. Something that stands out to me just in this just in rereading it is deliberately Omitting historical facts The whole critical race theory That shit is real Because if if we just cracked open any history book You will see a lot of flaws In what they call the Caucasian You understand? And because we have been For lack of better terms Under the thumb of the Caucasian We don't really see How they really be giving it up because we're so busy trying to find ourselves they use that to their advantage so leaving out historical facts that actually matter in what they call American history we have to take a deeper dive into deeper dive into one of those historical facts is the anti-literacy laws and i'm just going to read what it was like f- for an individual who got caught teaching a melanated person to read or write to be human, per se. In 1832, in 1832, you were either fined and or flogged for teaching blacks to read and write. In 1833, you were fined and prohibited, blacks were fined and prohibited from working in reading and writing jobs. So let's just stay there for a second. It was against the law for you to have a reading and writing job. In some ways, it's still kind of illegal for for you to have that. But we're not gonna get into that. We're just gonna focus on the foundation of what we call the corporation that we also associate. I'm just using. I'm just trying to put into perspective. Excuse me, family, because I just find myself getting riled up, and it's like I gotta just slow down. Not not too much has changed for real. You were fine for having a good job. They put things in place for you not to have your job. You see what I'm saying? They, they either killed you or fired you. for They killed and fired the person who tried to give you freedom. Freedom freedom of choice. And this is in 1832. Slavery didn't end until 1865. States practiced these laws, like the states that practiced these laws, were, were Georgia, Missouri, Alabama, Louisiana, North and South Carolina, and Virginia. So... That within itself just lets you know that these countries and these states in particular were heavy heavy on these anti literacy laws. This is American history, which in turn is melanated history. If we don't fully understand that or try to fully grasp that, what we are experiencing now is null and void. We have to have a better understanding of the past so we can improve our present. To have a promising future. And that's just a real thing. Also, why education is why education is important is that the Brown versus Board of Education case is the case that said separate separate isn't equal. But what a lot of people don't know that it was five cases that came that collaborated together to have the verdict that we now know today as the Brown versus Board of Education. Those other cases were in Delaware, Kansas, Washington, D.C., South Carolina, and in Virginia. So those five cases, you can look them up on the Internet. Those five cases help us get the verdict that we have and know today as the Brown v. Board of Education. The reason why I'm bringing up that is because in Washington, D.C., one of those cases had to go in our favor. And that was boiling versus sharp for all my historians looking to that to get a better understanding of why it's important for us to teach our youngins our history, the history that we should know, the history that lifts us up, not the history that holds us down. One last break before we close out. Thank you. Listen, Soul Child, I think they just had they battle. I mean, they versus, him versus Anthony Hamilton. And I like Anthony Hamilton, but Soul Child, man, listen, I ain't watched the verses yet. I probably watch it on YouTube after I'm done with this installment. But I was riding with my man Soul Child, 143, off his first album. You let the first eight songs play, no skip. And this is in the year 2000, we in 22, understand me? And to close out this installment, I just want to start always with a lighter note, but with some actual tangible information in there to ease the digestion, ease the digestion, I would say. And it's, think about what what used to make us happy when we had what they call before we had what they call responsibilities <laughs> in my feeling little voice from Rugrats, before we had responsibilities, things were simpler, and I'm just trying to point out that nothing much has really changed. We've just been exposed to more. We have a broader perspective, a older perspective, but it doesn't mean that we still can't embrace and and or channel the energy that we once had before. That's why this installment in particular, we talk about how we look at history. We shouldn't always view ourselves, view it in a manner in which we see ourselves as docile. And that will continue to keep the shackles on our mind. Like I said in the last installment, we might be free from chains on our wrists and feet, but we still in bondage mentally. We are still in search of ourselves. Like, whole culture, this jab information, COVID shit, oxymoron shit, the Omicron shit, you know what I'm saying? It's just a lot of things, a lot of unnecessary variables that are being presented. And it's up to us to decipher what is actually being done underneath it all. And the best way to pursue that is have an understanding of what history really is. And and how we can best utilize it. Melanated History Month has always been since I've started these installments. Uh, uh, it always gets me riled up the most because this is literally the most that some melanated people will give a damn is during this month. And, and and I'm not saying that it sucks. It's just a reality. So it's like if this is the time that people are listening the most, I'm gonna give you something to hear. <laughs> you dig what I'm saying? And not to shift gears, but to just be in the moment for a second. A lot of the mandates are being walked back. If you're from the Chocolate City, the D.M.V. area, they're lifting the mask mandate by the end of the month. No more job jobs are no longer required to ask people to be jabbed. You understand? It's it's a I don't D.C. is not a state. The city it's a city mandate. Bowser just said by March, you don't have to wear your mask in public settings anymore. Howard County's kind of already like that. I work in Howard County as well. You don't have to wear your mask where I work at. Some people still do, but it's not mandated. D.C.'s next. So when we talk about recent history within the last two years, they made it seem like you couldn't even go outside and take three deep breaths without a mask on your face. (laughs) You understand? You couldn't touch a door handle. You couldn't shake nobody's hand. Now we hear, oh, it's nothing to worry about. Just go back to business as usual. When there was individuals that I listened to and people like myself who was trying to get people to understand that this is just a power play. And now we're on the back end of that power play and they're, and they're gearing up for something else. Biden just gave the crackhead deal. I call it the crackhead deal. Where he it was 30 million put towards giving crack pipes out. You dig what I'm saying? And it's not for melanated people because we make up a little more, a little less than 13%. People say that's a fake number, but I have to look more into that. But we make up only 13% of the population in this country. Why is he giving out crack pipes? <laughs> we in we student loan debt. That's what we waiting on. That's what some people voted for him for, which is in recent history. So if we if we, if we we don't understand how it's being written, we're going to be wrote right out of that motherfucker. You understand me? And I hate to rant. I hate to rumble. But this is our reality. The very same things that they taught us to fear and told us to fear two years ago are no longer a fear. And people, you know, compromise themselves for, for their livelihood for that. They already said that five to ten years down the line, there's going to be complications. The book that I'm reading, The Real Anthony Fauci, this was written by Robert Kennedy Jr. You understand? Given the, given the information, When I say this all the time, when white people start talking about it, when the Caucasians start talking about it, that's how you know it's real. And and we still buying the bar. We still try and stand on couches, and it's like we can do those things, but there's other things that need to be done, and other people recognize that, and us as a collective, we lack that. So just to sum up the first part of this last segment, it's like, let's be present in the moment. There's a lot of thi- there's a lot of information being presented to us that once was considered fake news a lot of the information that's being publiced, publicly publicly displayed now 2 years ago was considered fake news people were losing livelihoods for speaking the truth 2 years ago now we're here and it's like oh yeah okay well um uh a whole bunch of <laughs> i don't know what them is called what they call but there's a whole bunch of that and nothing not the truth and i'm just going to leave that there to close this out, we were talking about the Brown versus Board of Education. And in the middle part of the installment, I didn't give the year that that verdict came to existence. And that was the year 1954 and 1955. So Brown versus Board of Education happened in 1955. We were freed as quote unquote, freed black people as of 1865. You know, just let that resonate within itself. But prior to 1955, there were a lot of things happening in higher learning. And higher learning for melanated people were happening at this time. They always try to remind us and delegate us to a time period when we were just slaves. But right out of slavery, we hit the ground running. Some of us did because of how great we are. That's why I always tell us to bask in our melaninness. We're not just niggas. We are, we are who we're supposed to be. And it's not how we are portrayed to be. You understand? So before they told us we was great, we was already, <clears throat> excuse me, we was already great. We already had it. We already possessed it. But somehow or, somehow or another, we've lost it. But we are in pursuit of finding that. So prior to 18, mm, prior to 1955, there were a lot of great things happening for the melanated people. In 1935, the Maryland Supreme Court, in 1935, the Maryland Supreme Court ruled In Murray v. Pearson, that the University of Maryland must admit African-Americans in their law school or establish separate schools. UMD chose to admit their first black students. This is in 1935. I always try to equate history to where we are because we often think that all the great things happened outside of the DMV. And they did it. Maryland, I remember partying up in Maryland. If you're from here, you already know where um, Big Play was at and where TT's was at. That's University of Maryland's campus. And prior to 1935, they was not letting people in that looked like us into their law school. They had to change that. In 1948, the Supreme Court ruled in the Spuel versus University of Oklahoma that the state must admit qualified African-Americans into an all-white grad school um, with no comparable black schools when there's no comparable black schools available. This is in Oklahoma. This is in nineteen forty eight so right before we had Brown v Board of Education, where separate isn't equal comes into play in segregated schools nineteen forty eight they was already passing laws that led up to it. History has a funny way of revealing the things that we revealing the moments in which we overlook and I don't want us to think that, oh, this happened so many years ago, we need to focus on what's happening right now. No, if we don't know what happened before, we don't know, we aren't going to be able to recollect what to expect moving forward. And I'm just going to leave that there. Hopefully the family took heed. (laughs) And I feel like this installment is a little longer than what I've done lately, but I think the information is so great. We can't cut it short. I want us to bask in our melanin ness. I want us to look at history for what it is and not the twistery that they present or the his story that they want us to memorize. I'm your host, Him Not Them. And if you really want to have this conversation with me, you got to talk to me 30. Peace.